0: Uh, second chapter of Philippians beginning at verse 1. he says, "If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye may that ye be like-minded, having the same love being of one accord of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife for vainglory, but in lowliness of mind. I'll spit that out in a second. Let nothing be done through strife for vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And for right now, I'm going to quit, I'm going to stop reading. I'll preach the last half of it here in a little while. Uh, but in these first few verses, uh, we see Paul once again exhorting the church and encouraging the church. But he begins with if If therefore, uh, if uh, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, any comfort of love, any fellowship of the spirit and any uh, bowels and mercies, fulfill you my joy that ye be like minded having the same love being of one accord of one mind let nothing be done through strife or vain glory but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves so paul here once again encouraging the church uh uh, telling them that if you have any of these things if you have these bowels and these mercies if you have uh, this love, if you have this type of attitude, then fulfill ye my joy. Fulfill ye uh, what I'm telling you now. That you be like-minded, having the same love, having of one uh, one being of one accord, and of one mind. So Paul here is giving a description of Jesus Christ. Like I said, the last about third of the first chapter of Philippians, he is uh, he's praising Jesus Christ and he's magnifying. Jesus. Jesus Christ. So when he says if you have any of these things that I've listed here if you have any of these things then you're like Jesus Christ if you have these things, if you have these bowels and these mercies if you have this compassion in other words, folks there was no other man more compassionate on the face of the planet that's ever walked outside of Jesus Christ. No one had more compassion, no one had more love, no one no one had more mercy, no one had more forgiveness than that man did. The man forgave those as they knelt him to the cross. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He forgave them as they knelt him to the cross. He forgave sinners. He forgave prostitutes. He forgave all these people throughout the scriptures. Why did he do that? Because of those vows and those mercies that he had. The cause of compassion that he had. That's the very reason that he left his throne from upon high. It wasn't to get a pat on the back. We had been a curse from the Father. We had been cast out of the, from the Father. And we needed someone to reconcile us back to our maker who is almighty God. That is compassion. That is bound. That is mercy. That is my Jesus. Praise God. I'll fill you my joy that you be like minded my Having my the name. same love. Yes. Being of one accord, of one mind. Folks, as The church body. The body of Christ. Who's the head of the church? Jesus Christ is the head of the church. But the body of the church. We need to be in one mind. We need to be in one accord. We need to come together every time we come together to worship God. I'm not saying that everybody's a yeller. I'm not saying that everybody runs laps around the church. I'm not saying that everybody lifts holy hands. But that's not what Paul's talking about here either. when he he says one mind and one accord he said we need to come in focus on what Jesus Christ has done in our lives focus on the forgiveness that we've received by the blood of Jesus Christ focus on the word of God which is able to cleanse us after we're saved focus on these things that Jesus Christ is that's what it is to be in one mind and be in one accord we need to be focused on Jesus Christ and nothing but when we come together and you're as guilty as I am and I'm as guilty as you are we'll come in the church house we'll come in wanting to get our worship on as it's called nowadays ready to praise God but we'll have something tucked away in the back of our mind we'll have something weighing on our heart that just won't let us get up uh, get in the spirit like we want to won't let us worship like we want hey we've all been in that boat we've all been back up in that corner but uh, instead of letting that drive us down instead of letting that cast us to the ground and kick us around like a rag doll if we stay in one mind and we stay in one accord and we focus on the Savior Jesus Christ, we'll be able to worship Him, we'll be able to magnify Him and we will be able to sing, preach and teach the praises of God Praise God! God. Hallelujah! Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. Nothing be done by strife or vainglory, uh, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. This is stiff words coming to us. Folks, who was Paul writing to? He was writing to a bunch of believers. He wasn't writing to a bunch of lost folks out there in the world. He was writing to the church in a place called Philippi. The church are believers in Christ. And he says to do this in lowliness of mind. Do this with a humble attitude. Do this and hey, when he says that we need to esteem others more so than ourselves, if we come in the house of God and we got our problems, but we see a brother or a sister in Christ that's got problems, put your problems on the back burner and exhort your brothers and sisters in Christ, lift them up to God in prayer, lift them up to God, because only He is able to do something about it. Every man also, I'm sorry, looking not on every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Now, what this, and folks, I've heard it taught this way. Never heard it preach, but I've heard it talk. <laughs> basically, that we should covet other people's things. Folks, that goes directly against the Ten Commandments that God gave in Exodus chapter 20. Thou shalt not covet. You ain't supposed to covet your neighbor's things. You're not supposed to covet your neighbor's. That's not what he's saying here. He's saying don't only look after your uh, your own things, but look after the things of your brothers and sisters in Christ and by things. I'm not talking about their house. I'm not talking about their cars or their pets or anything else I'm talking about their spiritual needs hey Paul wrote to the church at Galatia he said ye which are spiritual ye which are spiritual we are the ones that are to restore a brother or sister to Christ should they be taken in a fault the world can't do it the lost can't do it only we which are spiritual can do such a thing so we need to look after The things of our brothers and sisters in Christ. The spiritual things of our brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, that don't mean brother or sister calls you and says, hey, I'm going on vacation. You mind going by my house and checking it every day or every other day? God bless them. That's fine. That's not what Paul was talking about here. That is not what Paul was getting at. This whole thing, he's speaking on spiritual things. Spiritual. Stuff, Amen. Spiritual things to do with God. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Amen. That's the mind that we need to have is the mind that was in Christ Jesus. Now listen, we will never have the perfect mind that Jesus Christ had while we are here in these bodies. While we are here on this earth, we will never have a perfect mind like Jesus Christ did. I don't care how many sermons I preach, I don't care how many songs. Anybody sings, or how many lessons they teach, or how many people they witness to—they will never have the perfect mind of Jesus Christ while they're here in this on this earth. But we are to strive under that perfection. We are to push forward to the mark of God, to the high calling in Jesus Christ, our Lord. We are to push toward that mark, and hey, when God decides we cross that mark, hell! Until then, we press toward it. Amen. Hallelujah. Let this mind be in you, which is also, which was also, in Christ Jesus. What mind is He talking about? Everything that we've read up to that point. That is the mind of Christ. That is the mind of Christ. Beginning at verse one. If there be any consolation in Christ, any comfort of love, any fellowship of the Spirit, vows of mercy. Uh, uh, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory but lowliness of mind. Look to every man his own things. Not only his own things but also to those of his neighbors to those of his brothers to those of his sisters. And then he goes on to say let this mind be in you. Everything in that list is the mind of Christ. And when we get that and when we understand that and even more so when we practice that we will have more so the mind of Christ in the next minute than we did the minute before. We'll have more so the mind of Christ the next day than we did the day before. And then, hey, if we continue in that practice, we will have more so the mind of Christ in the next month and the next year and the next decade than we had in the years previous. Let this mind be also in you which was in Christ Jesus. Practice these things so the the Gathering. Help your brothers and sisters in Christ. And do it with a humble heart. Yes. Hallelujah. That's my Jesus I'm preaching about. Amen. Praise God. God. Amen. We'll, finish off with, we'll finish off the chapter here. Maybe a verse or two at a time. <laughs> Hallelujah. Who being in the form of God. Still talking about Jesus. Praise yeah. God. Who being in the form of God. Thought it not robbery But made himself of no reputation. Again, I done preached it once, but I'll say it again. He didn't come here to make a name for himself. Hey, you read the scriptures. You read the scriptures. What does God say every time in the New Testament? You hear the or you read about the voice of God. He's got something to say about Jesus Christ. And most times when Jesus Christ is preaching and teaching in the New Testament, he's got something to say about the Father. Hey, I said it a thousand times. You want to know what God says says about something? Read what Jesus said about it in the New Testament. You want to know what Jesus thinks about something? Read what God said about it in the Old Testament. They are one and the same. My Savior He came here, but of no reputation and look that took upon him the form of a servant took upon him the form of a servant if he had to take it upon him that means he didn't have it before it means he didn't have that form of a servant before why folks because he was creator he was master He's the one that spoke all this into existence. The Bible says in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. Hey, when it sp- when he spoke those words over in Genesis 1, let there be light. And he divided the firm. He divided the light from the darkness. And he, he spoke to the ocean. And he told it to bring forth the fowls. He told it to bring forth the fish. He spoke to the land. And he told it to bring forth the animals. And then he made Adam out of the clay that was on the earth, out of the dust of the ground he created man then he made woman out of a man's rib bone when he done all these things and he was master he was creator he done all this but yet he took the form of a servant for me praise God he took the form of a servant not for his own reputation and took on him the form of a servant was made in the likeness Oh man, made just like me, made just like you. People say, well, do you think Jesus done this? Not not sinful, but you think Jesus burped? Well, absolutely, he was a man he was a human was he? hey I've been asked that I've been asked that I've been asked some other things I ain't gonna bring up about what Jesus did but the Bible says he was created just like you were and just like I am he was created as a man hey folks when God became man he started out as an embryo within the womb just like you did and just like I did when God became flesh as the Bible says that's how he started out the Bible says that the Holy Ghost came under this little virgin girl named Mary. And she conceived by way of the Holy Ghost. She conceived through Jesus and to grow in the womb. Once he was born, he still had to grow. Luke 3 said that he grew in spirit and grew in stature. Yeah. Yeah. He took on that form. took on that form. Yeah, grew up grew up poor no doubt but folks he was a human being he was a human being Amen. that was the form of a servant that he took Amen. what does he say in Mark chapter 10 he say my, He said I came not to be ministered unto but to minister Amen. I believe that's Mark 10 45 if I ain't mistaken I came not to be ministered unto but to minister he didn't come that the disciples would serve him supper He didn't come that they would serve him juice or serve him milk. He didn't come that the disciples would serve him at all. He came to serve the disciples. And folks, right now in 2020, he is still serving the disciples. How is he doing that? Because he's making intercession at the Father's right hand for you and I. That is performing the duty of a servant. That's being a mediator for me and for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I like preaching about Jesus. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. Even the death of a cross, the cross. The death of the cross became obedient. Who was he obedient to? He was obedient to the Father. He was obedient. That was the Father's will. was it not it was the father's will the bible says in the book of hebrews that he was able to look he was able to look for the joy that was set before him that's how he endured the cross Mm -hmm. because he endured the cross for the joy that was set before folks when he was nailed to that tree it wasn't joy a joyous occasion it wasn't a happy occasion well as far as the physical pain went as far as the humiliation went as far as far as everything that the man went through that was not joyous. But what was joyous to Jesus Christ was he was fulfilling the Father's will. What was the Father's will? That man, his creation might be reconciled back to him. Hey, when Jesus Christ was nailed to that tree, he was fulfilling the will of the Father. Jesus Christ loved us enough to give himself the ultimate perfect, unlimit sacrifice unto God for your benefit and for mine. Hallelujah! being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, became obedient. Folks, to be obedient means there must have been something that had been told him. But it didn't take that, I don't believe, why? Because God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are never in disagreement with one another. They're never in disagreement one with another. You'll never hear about an argument between the Spirit and the Father. You'll never hear about the Son rebuking anything that the Father says, like we have here in our in our worldly lives. Like we uh, we as parents, you know, sometimes uh, we've, we've either heard or we've put up with smart aleck children. I don't think that Jesus Christ was ever once smart aleck to the Father. I believe that He came to fulfill the will of the Father and that was Amen. to bring a cursed mankind back to the Father. Father, that we could live forever f- with him. Folks, that's the whole reason we were made to begin with. That's why we, cre- we were created. Adam and Eve were made in the garden to commune with God and to serve God and to keep the garden and to do whatever it was that the Lord bid them. But when sin crept in, sin came in on the scene. They cast us and everyone else away from the maker. Jesus Christ came to make a way back. Yeah. Hallelujah. He is that bridge. He is a he's the He's the very ladder that Jacob dreamed of. You ever think about that? you know over there in Genesis it talks about what we call Jacob's ladder it says woke, or he had a dream had a vision there's a ladder extended up to heaven said so the angels were going coming down and going back up coming down going back up hey listen we don't need those angels to do that for us now we've got direct access the bell was written playing from the top to the bottom we've got access to the father but we only have access to the father through the high priest which is Jesus Christ our Lord we've only got that access through him but folks if you look back on that jesus christ was that ladder he was he is now the one that is mediating between god and man and between man and god praise god for jesus christ (laughs) wherefore god also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name hallelujah then that 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 at the name of jesus christ that the name of jesus i'm sorry every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth that every tongue should confess that jesus christ is lord to the glory of god the father so god gave him that name god gave him that name he gave him the name Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ being Messiah. Jesus Christ, be, Jesus Christ being the anointed one. If you want to break it down in its most literal form, he was the anointed of God. He was the chosen of God. Hey, the Bible says John said he saw it up in heaven himself. There was no man that was worthy to break the seals. Uh, those, those seven seals. John wept because there was nobody worthy. But what did the elders say? He came to John and he said, Hey, weep not. Don't you worry we found one worthy. We looked into heaven. We looked in the earth. And we looked under the earth. None was found worthy. But one that was the Lamb of God. Slain before the foundation of the world. Jesus Christ was worthy. He was worthy to be the sacrifice. He was worthy to break the seals. He is worthy to do it all. Hallelujah. But for God is... Uh, have highly exalted him. Now folks, I'm about to get into us here in just a second. No, not that we're anything important, but this ties back around to us because he's, he's writing to the church. Wherefore yeah. God also hath highly <laughs> exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Yes. We know that name. Hey, they, they, they talked about it tonight before they sung. He called my name one day. I praise God that He called my name. Amen. I thank God that He called me out. He came to where I was, came to me, plucked me up out of that muck and that mire, Amen. set my feet upon a solid foundation, and established my goings thereafter. That's what my God done for me. But it says here that God gave him this name and that God exalted him, uh, exalted Jesus Christ, folks, as a promise in the scriptures that after much suffering there's a promise in the scriptures that after we endure here for just a little while there's a promise in the scriptures that it ain't going to be a cakewalk while we walk around on this earth while we're witnessing about Jesus Christ and talking about Jesus Christ Jesus never said it will be easy in fact he said he shall be hated of all men for my name's sake but after all that hate after all the pain after all the rebuke and after all the suffering we win Be exalted just like Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How does that happen? Folks, everything he's been talking about here, everything he's been talking about here was about Jesus Christ and how we are to be like Jesus Christ. We come to the end of this way we come to the end of our line when God calls our number God calls our name when we cross over that Jordan and we get to the other side we will be exalted I'm not saying we'll be exalted to save anybody but folks we will be exalted we will be lifted up hey we shouldn't want to be lifted up while we're here unless it's by our brothers and sisters in prayer that's the only way that we should desire to be lifted up but to be lifted up in any other fashion or any other form that's a good way to to let pride creep in on the scripture and the Bible says that pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Folks, I don't want to get prideful in my walk with God. I don't want to get prideful in my walk with Jesus. I don't want to get prideful with my salvation. All I want is to be humble tell others about the Savior and be exalted in God's due time. Not in my own. Due time, he'll exalt us, and he'll do it in his own way, which is far better than what any man could exalt me. Far better than any man could lift me up. I know a lot of pastors. I know a lot of pastors. I got a lot of pride about them. I got a whole lot of oh, pride about them. that pride is going to tear them down one day. It may not do it. <laughs> excuse me, it may not do it tomorrow, it may not do it this week or the next, but one day that pride is going to get a hold of them, then God will humble them down. Folks, I would ten times rather humble myself as the Bible says to do as to have Almighty God get a hold of me and humble me. You look at how God humbles people. You look at what He does. You look at how uh, how He treated those that would not humble themselves. Hey, I preached just a few days ago about neb- Nebuchadnezzar, God got a hold of that man, put him out in the field. He ate grass like an ox for years. That was God's way of humbling that man. I don't want to eat grass. I don't want to look like an ox. I don't want to do those things. What did he do to Jonah? Jonah got swallowed by a fish, did he not? Got swallowed by a fish. Three days and three nights Jonah spent in the belly of that fish. I don't want to get swallowed by a fish. I don't want any of those things to happen. I would rather humble myself Amen. as have God. Amen. 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 I would ten times rather do that. Jesus Christ, Amen. folks, that's one of the most beautiful things about Jesus Christ. He never had to humble himself. No. He came here when he, when as the as the Bible says in this scripture that we're reading right here, when he came as a servant, when he gave himself over as a servant. It says, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, in lowliness of mind. When Jesus Christ laid aside the crown, laid aside the glory. Now, folks, I ain't saying that he laid aside his deity. Jesus Christ was God while he was here, just as much as he is now. Amen. He was God while he walked this earth, Amen. just as much as he is now. He never once laid aside his deity, and I've heard that talk like that, too. He laid aside his godliness. No, not according uh-huh. to the scripture, he didn't. He was still God. But he laid aside everything. He laid aside the the, the crown, laid aside uh, the robe. I mean, folks, we got song, uh, gospel songs upon gospel songs talking about that. How he laid aside the robe and the crown. He laid aside everything to do what? To come here as a servant for you, and to come here as a servant for me, uh, for every one of the disciples, for everyone that the man came in contact with. He was a servant unto them, whether the world accepts it or not, whether a person out there ever gets saved or not he came to be a servant unto them he came to bleed and to die for them just like he did for me and the bible says that anyone who is a thirst let him come and take of the water of life freely I'm not real educated but I know who anyone is I know who all is and I know what whosoever means praise God whosoever wants these things let them come hallelujah he came to be servant. <coughs> came to be servant. At the name of Jesus Christ every knee should bow. Uh-huh. Of things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth, folks. God didn't leave nothing out of His Word. And He left nothing out of who and what would bow to Jesus Christ. We're surrounded by people every day worldly people, sinful people, unregenerate people, unsaved people. We are surrounded by these folks every day of our lives that say, I'll never bow a knee to Jesus Christ. My Bible says otherwise. Yes, I mean, yeah. says, well, they will bow one day. But that's God humbling once again. But folks, when that time comes, it'll be too late. It'll be too late. By the by the time that, that day rolls around, it'll be too late for someone to repent. It'll be too late for them to humble themselves. Once God gets a hold of them in the great day of the Lord, and every knee bows, and every tongue confesses Jesus Christ as Lord, it will be too late for all they do that. They will find themselves in a lake of fire, in a place of hell. They will find themselves in a place of torment there is weeping wailing and gnashing of teeth there will be no turning back from that point i'm glad to say i'm not in that number hallelujah because he called me he called me not because i was looking for him he came looking for me he came hey, folks it was like in the garden when sin, when sin creeped in when sin came in when the serpent talked to Eve into eating of the forbidden fruit when it crept in that Adam wasn't looking for God he wasn't looking for God God came into the garden and he asked the question Adam where art thou where you at Adam not because he didn't know where he was but he is the one came looking for Adam folks it's been that way since the beginning it is that way now it'll be that way a thousand years from now no one will be able to receive salvation if God has not come to impart it to them Amen. my god looks for those that are lost He yeah. came to seek and to save that which was lost yeah. he's, got yeah. he's got to seek him he's got to seek him he's got to find him he's got to show him their state he's got to show them. just like they talked about tonight was Zacchaeus Zacchaeus was up in that tree what does the Lord say? He said, Zacchaeus, get down here. Get down here. I'm going to your house. I'm going to sup with you. I'm going to dine with you. What do they say? Hey, salvation has come to this house today. It took Jesus walking down where Zacchaeus was. It took Jesus looking up in that tree. It took Jesus to seize Zacchaeus and to invite him down and to to dine with him. And it took Jesus to give him salvation. It takes Jesus to do it all. Hallelujah. And God sought me. Thank God that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Two The glory of god the father to the glory of god the father that's the key there we don't confess it for our own benefit and folks i have a feeling there's a lot of people in church houses that do that i have a feeling there's a lot of people out there they're lost go to church maybe every sunday maybe every wednesday maybe on thursdays or tuesdays or whatever And they confess Jesus Christ, but they don't do it to the glory of God the Father. They do it so that mama will get off their back. They do it so daddy will quit hounding them. They do it so the preacher will leave them alone. They do it because brother and sister done it a couple of years ago. They do it for every reason under the sun except to the glory of God the Father. Folks, when I bow down and I worship, when I bow down and I pray, when I bow down and commune with God, and when I confess... Jesus Christ as Lord. I want it to always be to the glory of God the Father and for no other reason at all. It needs to be for God's glory or it is all in pain and it is all for naught. Praise God to the glory of God. Praise Jesus to the glory of God. Hallelujah to the glory of God. Sing your praise to the glory of God. Whether you eat or whether you drink do it all to the glory of God. these folks here will do that these folks here will do that we're talking about the day of judgment here we are talking about a day of wrath of the lord when we the church bow and worship when we the church praise his name and we confess that is different than what the lost will do when they bow the knee and they confess Jesus. But they will still do it to the glory of God the Father. They will still do it for the same reason, but it will be too late for them. God will make them bow. And that's for the people who say they'll never do it. God will make them do it, and it will be to his glory that it is done. Folks, you read about, you read about, and there's people that have questioned that, but folks, hey, I'm just telling you what the Bible says. I'm telling you what the Bible teaches. God rained down fire and brimstone on Sodom and Gomorrah, and he done it to his own glory. Hey, he done it. Yeah, there was a bunch of wicked people in those cities, and there was more sin than just the sin of homosexuality in those cities, but he done it to his own glory he done it to the glory of himself. Everything that God does when he flooded the earth back in Noah's day. Hey, yeah, he done it because he was sick of man's sin. He done it because every thought of man's heart was evil continually. But he ultimately did it, but to his own glory. Why? Because God can't tolerate sin. God won't tolerate sin. That's why Christ suffered the way that he did. Cause that was a punishment for your sin and for my sin Amen. and for the sin of everybody that won't accept it. Amen. It was a punishment for everybody's sin. Save none. Amen. That's why the punishment was so severe. Praise God, but when we uh, when uh, when these things happen, whenever knee need bow uh, and never tongue confesses. Like I said, the church will do it to the glory of God. If we don't, you need to do a checkup. That's right. But when the lost do it, In that day of judgment, uh, uh, several times in scripture it brings that up, that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. But in the day of judgment, it will be too late for repentance.